I remember an early morning walk and drive through the Fremont district. The colors, signs, outdoor art, and characters were fascinating, if not beautiful. I found it an unexpected visual feast. For me, learning about a place includes the geography, weather, transportation, food, and people. I wondered about those who worked to preserve Las Vegas's Fremont district and other interesting parts of the city. So it's a pleasure for me to introduce today, Dr. Clay T. White, Bob Stoldall, and Diane Sebrin. And maybe Clay T., you could kick this off by telling us about what you do and how you joined us today. So I am Clay T. White, the director of the Oral History Research Center. And the one regret I have in life is that I did not finish the PhD. So I am not doctor. Always wanted to be, but no, I've missed that opportunity. Uh, as the director of the Oral History Research Center at UNLV, I became interested in history, even prior to becoming uh, the director of the program. I became interested in history, just conducting interviews all over the area. And somehow I met this person named Bob Stodall. And before I knew it, I was on the Historic Preservation Commission for the city of Las Vegas. And I've enjoyed that work now for probably eight to 10 years. Currently, I am serving as the chair of that group of the commission, but it is the members, the members of that commission that bring all kinds of talents together. And are really serious about preserving historic sites, signs uh, around the city, in and around the city of Las, Las Vegas. So we do that with great joy. So, and we have Bob with us today as well, fortunately. So Bob, tell us about your background and how you came to join us uh, on this show today. Well, let's start with, uh, uh, while Clay T. Um, I may not be a, a, a doctor, let me just put my title as history patient. Uh, uh, I have been in Las Vegas since high school. Uh, my, uh, my father got a job with the Atomic Energy Commission in the mid-1950s, and uh, our family moved here. Mother went to work for the city police department in, in, the, uh, in the records uh, area. So we're sort of, I'm sort of grounded in, in this community. Uh, that said, the company I work for uh, also bought uh, television stations in, in Nashville, Tennessee, and Norfolk, Virginia. And uh, over the years, I spent time uh, at, at both of those facilities. But primarily, uh, uh, my background is within the, 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 uh, uh, the, the, state of, the state of Nevada. A broadcast journalist uh, uh, from the mid-60s. Um, and the company I worked for, Landmark Communication, had a real strict policy regarding uh, reporters and members of the, uh, 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 the news team uh, being involved in, in government in any capacity. And I had to get a, a special letter of dispensation to be able to join the museum board, the state museum board. They felt that that was a quiet enough uh, uh, area uh, uh, that uh, it, it wouldn't cause any, any conflict. That said, 
we've been able to make some noise over the past uh, 10 or 15, 20 years uh, in efforts to preserve to preserve our state. Our state's a boom, boom town in a lot of ways. And Las Vegas certainly reflects that. So with the boom, there's all this energy to recreate itself. And, and sometimes uh, on, a, well, on a regular basis, we have lost important parts of our history. So it's an ongoing battle. Uh, uh, and like uh, Clay T, we, uh, we, we, we continue the fight uh, up until today. I will say, and we can get into this, the city of Las Vegas is uh, uh, pretty pr progressive in its understanding and need and support of historic preservation. We can talk about that a little bit more. So let, let's kick this off by the, the space that I, I walk through the Fremont district. So how did that happen? How did, how did they decide or who decided to preserve it? And, uh, and then, I don't know if improve is the word or, um, I mean, there's outdoor art there. So, so tell me, how, how did that happen? Well, let's cut it in half. Let's cut Fremont Street in half. Let's start from Main Street, which is the western end where the railroad depot was. That was the, the heart of Las Vegas for, for decades. And then you go east to Las Vegas Boulevard. And that's the gaming, the gaming section, the, the, the clubs. Uh, and then you go further east. And and that's the, the the motel district for 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 many years, and and that was the the road to Boulder Dam or excuse me Hoover Dam. Hoover Dam. Uh, yeah. um, uh, and so that that the clubs were not, with the exception of one or two uh, places, were not hotels. They were they were not casinos. They were just gaming clubs. So the motel industry flourished. In the in the eastern uh, the eastern part of Fremont Street, that is is what is being restored at this point. Uh, uh, life is being put back into that eastern part of Fremont Street. At the end, uh, uh, I think it was Clayty was just a couple of months ago. The Blue Angel Motel, uh, the Blue Angel herself, the motel is gone. But the city preserved uh, this, this 10, 14, 16-foot statue of the Blue Angel. And that now rests at the, at the intersection at the end, at the eastern end of Fremont Street. So the preservation of, of, and restoration and energy back into Fremont Street is something that the city is really working on. And it's too bad that this is audio only because we could show you replicas of the old street signs that are going back into that area and they're putting trees back into the area not palm trees but the trees that should be in the area so it is a it is a very comprehensive preservation effort not just restoring those old motels where you used to drive your car up to your room almost but restoring the whole atmosphere of that area of the, of the city well we do uh we do create a, a post to go with this so yeah we can right. we can definitely add some of those uh, those visuals for sure so clayty when when you uh when you do this sort of work you know to give us a flavor of the oral histories that you've captured uh in and around that project what, what what's been interesting so that gives that gives me a great idea we have not done a project around this restoration um, today, I have a meeting with uh, some of the people working on Fremont Street East, 
And that is a possibility that we will capture some of the interviews associated with it. But what I would like to do is capture those stories of some of the previous owners. So if some of those owners are still around, we would love to start at the earliest point in that history, earliest point that's possible today. So that's a very, very good idea. I'll let you know about that. Well, one of the things we, that, that uh, uh, as Chair Clay T uh, uh, was able to uh, fund it, and, and not personally, but what, we just finished a big study of the motor courts uh, along Las Vegas Boulevard, all within the city of Las Vegas, the motor courts, auto courts, the motels, the autels, all the different names that they had come up with, and all the way down Fremont Street. We just finished that, a very detailed, uh, uh, extensive survey of, that includes the history of, of, the, uh, of, of most of those motels that were, uh, that were there. And, and I always think it's, in, I, I, I enjoy names, and and the, the names of the motels sort of reflect the periods of, of Las Vegas development in the in the in the 30s when the motel industry really kicked in in Las Vegas. Many of the motels had Western names, the the Navajo, the Old West, and they reflected this image that the Chamber of Commerce was trying to sell to the rest of the world that Las Vegas was a town of, from the old west of cowboys and cowboys and Indians. Part of the reason they were, they were pushing that, that image of the quote, old west, was it was illegal to, to market gambling outside of Las Vegas. But you know where the old west, gambling came with the old west. So it was a subtle way to, and occasionally you'd see that roulette wheel in, in the background in some of, in some of the advertising. But Las Vegas never was an old west town. It was a, it was a railroad town, but we were not uh, we weren't locked, not like Dodge City. Uh, but the motels, a lot of the names reflected the bonanza and, and those kinds of things from the uh, and then and later on that they they changed just like the Las Vegas Strip. We went from the Last Frontier Hotel Casino, the El Rancho Casino, and then all of a sudden we switched to the Dunes. In the sands in the Sahara, all of a sudden we were we were this sort of uh, uh, um, a Middle East kind of community. And historic preservation of those large areas like Fremont Street East require a lot of money. So people sometimes forget about that aspect of preservation. In order to do it well, it means writing grants. It means working with city uh, agencies and doing some really, really, um, doing work that, that finds a way to bring the money into a project. If you're talking about taking out palm trees and putting in the trees that were there back in the early, early uh, days of the city, those are, that's a very expensive proposition. And then to be able to partner with people who can afford to purchase some of the old motels and to be astute enough to want those preserved. That's, it's a very delicate balance that takes a lot of money. One of the things that, 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 that took a lot of money uh, from the city was that partnership that Clayton is talking about, uh, the public-private partnership. The city uh, Main Street is runs parallel to the uh, to the tracks to the railroad tracks, 
in downtown Las Vegas. It's only about four or five miles, maybe six or seven miles, the entire length Main Street. And then it intersects at both ends with Las Vegas Boulevard uh, on the south and Las Vegas Boulevard on the north. So it's just this about seven or eight mile Main Street. And it was sort of the, the industrial area. Over the last three or four years, five years, the city has invested a considerable amount of money on the, on the southern edge of uh, the southern part of Main Street. And now it's restaurants, taverns, antique stores, an art district. The, the sidewalks have been, have been widened. The traffic flow has been slowed down through some curves and changes. So it's, 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 a, walking, it's a walking district. And that brings life and energy, but also what Clayton was talking about, an investment from the, from the private sector when they see that the city is doing this, there is that, that, that joint, uh, uh, that relationship. So tourists don't believe that this is possible in a city like Las Vegas. People are always surprised when they hear of preservation in Las Vegas, but it's becoming a tourist, tourist attraction now. So we want to do this in a very, very powerful way. It's very robust. And, and now with the, uh, the coronavirus, this may be one of the things that will bring to, help to bring tourists uh, back to Las Vegas. So I'm very, very happy that we are involved in this kind of preservation work right now. Yeah, Go ahead. So I'm just thinking, I think this segues into, um, you know, what, what do you, th as you think ahead for the next five years, what might be accomplished? You know, what, from a preservation perspective, you know, clearly with the current uh, coronavirus uh, um, pandemic affecting travel and all sorts of other things, what would be uh, some major goals that could be accomplished from a preservation perspective over the next uh, five years? So I'm going to let Bob tell the bigger story. I'm just going to start it. I think that we need to go wider and deeper. And by that, Las Vegas is the city. We're a part of the City Preservation Commission. There is a county here, Clark County, that also preserves various sites I want to see a closer alignment with the two entities. I want to see the county that has a lot more money than the city. I want to see them aligning in a real way with preservation and starting a commission that will work alongside our commission. I also want to see us work more energetically with some of the smaller areas surrounding us like Boulder uh, City, almost, okay, Boulder City, which has many, many historic sites. And I just want us to, as we go to conferences that maybe other people cannot afford, that we will find a way to share some of the materials that we gather and that we learn at conferences. So I wanna see us geographically expand and to go deeper by helping each other. So let me pick up where, where Clay T and, and, and Diane has joined us. Good morning, Diane. Hi, good morning. <laughs> uh, 
One of the things that, that I think we should point out uh, as, a, as an overlay is the city of Las Vegas is very, very progressive in, in its move. It sees the future of, of historic preservation. We've already talked a bit about East Fremont Street and, and the investment of time, energy, and money that, uh, that is occurring there. Uh, but one of the things that the city has that other communities don't have we have a fund. It, it came out of, of our celebration of our 100th birthday back in 2005. We're able to convince the state legislature to create license plates and, and the money that was sold, you, you buy a license plate, your regular fee, but there's also additional money if you want this special license plate. And that money goes into a fund for historic preservation, for historic education. Initially, it was also for a celebration. So we have, the, the, the legislation has been slightly changed and, and celebration has been put, put aside. It's more historic preservation and historic education. And we have about uh, uh, a million dollars a year that, uh, that we have access to that we've been able to invest in, in various projects uh, uh, the historic West Side School. It is a beautiful, beautiful re re restored. It was the first school outside of of downtown Las Vegas as as the community e e expanded. So there are some funds there, not unlimited funds, but funds that we can do. We can do certain projects over the next five years. We we'll see uh, the Fremont Street, uh, uh, East Fremont Street, taken uh, uh, finished. Uh, I would see, uh, we have our historic Las Vegas High School, which was built in 1930. That's right down in the heart of downtown Las Vegas and, and has been turned into a fabulous facility called the Las Vegas Academy. Uh, it's an arts and music uh, magnet school. It has won a dozen or more Grammy Awards. It is a very, it's a wonderful facility that's layered over a historic site. So we're working to preserve the, the historic structures that are there. Uh, we have a, uh, a movie theater that was built during World War II, 1944, called the Huntridge Theater. Uh, that's in the process. Uh, it's in transition and, and I think its future is bright. Uh, uh, as we get gets a new owner, the city is really involved in making sure that that is done right. Um, there are these projects all around the community that the city has been moving forward. And yes, yes, the, the virus has slowed a few of these things down, but we, we things things are moving forward. Well, that is a nice segue into uh, the introduction of Diane Seabrent, who is Las Vegas's chief historic preservation officer, and Diane joins us now. So Diane, maybe you can give us a bit of your background and then talk a little bit about the vision for the next five years of the uh, your office, your work. Jim, she, Jim she is doctor. Diane, yeah, she is doctor. Okay. okay. <laughs> Thank you. We, we'll have to explain to Diane why, why <laughs> right, you right. brought that up. Uh, 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 I would say it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I, do, I apologize for being late. I was called into a last minute emergency meeting, so uh, my apologies. Um, so, but thank you very much for, for having all of us. I think it's fantastic that, that we have this platform to talk about our, our work here. So for me personally, um, 
So I started here as September 30th of last year, 2019, was my very first day. So I'm still fairly new here. I came via, I was in Washington, D.C., working as a freelance historic preservation uh, consultant for a couple years. Prior to that, I was mainly, most of my work has been overseas, uh, mainly in the Middle East, and uh, working with different organizations, different entities, specifically the military, um, government organizations on historic preservation. And uh, when my work there was completed, I saw the opening here in Las Vegas and thought it'd be in interesting and challenging work, which is, has proven to be. Um, and for the next five years, I heard a little bit of what Clay said and what, what uh, Bob said. And um, so I apologize if I repeat anything, um, but for, for what I see the next five years is really um, a more awareness of the Historic Preservation Commission, what the commission does, a more um, community involvement um, as far as listing different properties on either the local or the national uh, register of historic places. Um, if as far as we have some incredibly beautiful old neighborhoods that would be great to be put on those lists, uh, some old buildings. Um, also, I know that Bob was talking about the nominations for the historic register for the schools. And really just, I think, being able to get our voice out to say the HPC is here, this is what we do, and we appreciate you putting us out on, on your podcast, and hopefully this is one of many future endeavors that we can, you know, raise awareness of what we can do. Great. So maybe each of you can discuss uh, a day in Las Vegas, you know, focused on preservation. So what should we see? Where should we go? Why? Tell us about that. Maybe, Clay T., you can kick us off. So I, I will start. I will talk about my favorite area of the city. Uh, that is the west side. So we just talked about East Fremont. So if we are in the heart of downtown and go about a half mile to the west, you enter a historic area that was the Black community at one time. It is now more international, but at one time it was the historic area for African-Americans, for Blacks in the city. And already in that area, there are several um, sites that I would show you if I had a day to show them to you. I would show you that West Side School that Bob mentioned earlier, and I would show you all of the renovations that took place there, about $12 million from the city and grants that were provided from all kinds of sources. Then I would drive you to Berkeley Square. That is a housing area there in that West Side community, built in 1954, started, uh, residents started moving in in 1955. I would show you where the first African-American doctor lived and the first African-American dentist and some other people who lived in that area. Then I would take you to the Harrison House, not that far away because the West Side community is very small. It's almost walkable, but maybe not today, not when it's 106 outside. So the Harrison House was one of the old boarding houses when Nat King Cole, Sammy Davis Jr., Pearl Bailey could not stay at the casinos where they performed on the Las Vegas Strip 
they would stay at boarding houses on the west side. Those houses also were used for all kinds of other purposes. Divorcees that came to get divorces early on would stay in those boarding houses as well. So those are three of the places that I would show you on the west side. All right, Bob, how about you? The day in Las Vegas, where do we go? What do we do and why? Well, let me uh, take a slightly different approach, call it the inside-outside. Uh, okay. And and that the inside would be uh, some of our fabulous uh, uh, museums and museums in the the traditional definition of museums. And then the outside would be some of our wonderful museums that are on the outside. And for example, the Neon Museum, the Boneyards that are there, that's open uh, late in the afternoon, early in the evening till till midnight. Uh, it will really give you an understanding of the history of our community through through neon, which uh, started in in 1929 and then really flourished in the uh, in the 1940s when we were again, as, as I mentioned before, pretending that we were a cowboy town. It was called Glitter Gulch. Uh, uh, and, and so the, 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 the neon museum is a fantastic facility and that's the, the boneyard is, is on the outside. Although we are now building across the street, uh, uh, and we're restoring a, uh, former city hall and cultural center that is now going to become, uh, the, the site for the expansion of, of the, of the neon museum right across the street. Then I would also suggest to you the Mob Museum, and that's in a historic structure, the federal building that was built in 1933 as, as Boulder Hoover Dam was, was being built. Uh, that has been turned into a fantastic three-story. Uh, uh, actually, there's a, there's a story, there's a speakeasy we opened last year uh, in, the, in, in the basement. And we have a, 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 an actual distillery where we make the, uh, the the moonshine. Um, we had to get them some special dispensation, but the, we worked with the city, and we were able to uh, to get that. So downstairs is is a speakeasy, and the other three floors is is truly a a, a museum that is actually called the, the the National Museum of Organized Crime and Law Enforcement, but better known as as the Mob Museum. And it also has as you begin the the, the tour. Uh, a history of, of the community of, of, of Las Vegas. Then I would cheat a little bit and go outside the city limits to the Atomic Testing Museum, which is uh, uh, on, on Flamingo Road. Another important part of the history of, of Las Vegas from 1950 on, uh, and, and, and that facility is, 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 has just reopened. Um, new exhibit that's there just uh, uh, last week opened called the, the Trinity. And that was 75 years ago when they first, uh, the U.S. detonated the first atomic uh, bomb in, in, uh, in New Mexico. Uh, and and as, as you move to these facilities, you, you, you will also take a, a, another, and these are in the, almost in the downtown area, the State Museum, which is on the Springs Preserve. Uh, and that's like a central park. It's in the middle of Las Vegas. It's... Uh, uh, the indigenous population of Las Vegas was there uh, in the 17 and 18 hundreds, uh, but it's also the site of our state museum. I think it's about 140 acres, Diana, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, there's trails to walk. 
there's areas that are, are blocked off for, for, for additional research. It's a tremendous facility. So those, those four will give you sort of the inside, outside look of Las Vegas. And then you can really start visiting. You'll, you'll have a better idea uh, of, of, of the different historic sites within the city limits. And Great. I think something else that we should do over the next five years is to have Bob teach a class. Because I could just listen to him all day. I learned yes. so much just sitting at his feet. Exactly. All right, Diane, a day in Las Vegas. Where, what, why? Tell us about it. Okay, well, thank you for Bob and Clay T for covering it. But thankfully, that Las Vegas still has so much more to offer that there's more that I can add. And so I would add kind of a following what Bob said, an inside outside type of atmosphere, probably more outside. So I would start um, in downtown Las Vegas. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I missed the conversation about Fremont Street. But along Fremont Street, uh, visiting the oldest uh, motel casino in Las Vegas is the Golden Gate, built in 1906. If you go to the reception area, they have a really nice display where you can see the hotel ledgers from the 1900s and, and look at the signatures in there. They have a really nice display of old photographs and artifacts that you can look at. And it shows you the uh, different renovations and the progress of the, of the facility over the years. From there, along Fremont Street, um, obviously all of the vintage signs, uh, the neon signs, the old motel signs, old hotel signs that you can look at. From there, I would then go to uh, the Old Mormon Fort. Right. Uh, that, did you already talk about that? No, no. no. Oh, no. Okay. So go to the Old Mormon Fort, and that is a state park uh, within the city limits. And it is, I think it has an incredible history because it starts with um, the wagon trains were coming through here, and it was a water stop because of the natural springs. Um, it was a, a ranch. It became a railroad stop. It was the Old Spanish Trail. Um, and then, of course, uh, the contingents of Mormons came through looking to establish themselves in uh, Las Vegas, built a fort there. And it is the, the fort there is the oldest standing building in Las Vegas. So I would definitely check that out. From there, I would look at some of our, our parks. Uh, Lorenzi Park is in the, again, downtown, a fantastic park that has uh, a beautiful lake, there's walking trails, there's a playground, but along the walking trails there are historic markers that tells you about the history of the buildings that are there as well as the history of the time. From there I would uh, travel a little bit um, north into Floydland Park. Again, it's a historic park. Clayty had mentioned the divorce uh, er uh, branches, so Floydland Park was a divorce ranch where you come and establish your residency for six weeks and get your divorce. And while you're there, you ride horses and go swimming and walk the trails. And again, just like Lorenzi Park, there's quite a few historic markers that are explaining the old buildings there and giving the, the history of, of the buildings. Um, and then there's also quite a few other parks here that maybe not in the historical context, but there's a lot of uh, nature preserves. There is the uh, Sunset Park is a beautiful park that has naturally occurring uh, sand dunes and it's home to quite a bit of wildlife that are, you can walk, I think, I don't even know how big it is, but you can walk, I walk it quite often, you can walk five miles. Um, another great park is the Wetlands Nat Nat Nature Preserve where 
you have a lot of waterfowl that are coming through there. So I would definitely be spending that time outside, but again, perhaps maybe in cooler weather <laughs> or very early in the morning in the summer. Okay. So, well, that's great. Thank you for those uh, recommendations, but I want to add a little spice to that uh, before we go to the next topic and that's where should we eat? So, you know, when, when I've been in Las Vegas, I always look for the off the beaten path places. Right. And, um, and there are lots of those. And uh, so we, maybe you could just give us a, a flavor of uh, where one should go. Maybe Bob, you can kick it off and then we'll ask the rest. Jim, I think that that's, that's fluid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, in, in, in the sense that the challenges that we are uh, uh, all facing uh, uh, around the world and, and certainly here in Las Vegas and the challenge to, uh, to our industry, the hospitality industry, and the challenge within that to uh, to the small restaurant owners. Right. Uh, what what uh, my only advice is when you're coming to Las Vegas, when you're planning your trip, uh, uh, call a friend, call a relative, call somebody you know, and and they will let you know if that their favorite restaurant is 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 still open. I would be uh, it would be awkward for me to at, at this plate time to to say this place and that place, Louise's has got her, her place is open uh, uh, or, or Jonathan or, or whatever. It's, it's a real challenge uh, uh, to that specific industry, to those, those favorite restaurants. That said, I will say that uh, uh, maybe about seven or eight years ago when Las Vegas was quote, the entertainment capital of the world and the, the gaming capital of the world, so to speak, there was a decision made by the powers to be that one thing we needed to add was restaurants, quality, high level restaurants. We brought in chefs from around the world and they opened up the facility. Each hotel has, has at least one, if not two or three spectacular restaurants. Uh, those, those will come back and some of them are still open. They just opened one at, I think the Flamingo called the Bugsy Siegel Room. Although not one of my favorite characters, and, and I, I do want to go out and see. But by the way, Bugsy did not invent Las Vegas. He, did not, he, he, he was not the reason why, why we were here. There were a dozen people that were getting ready to open hotels along the Las Vegas Strip when, when Bugsy uh, 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 jumped in. But that restaurant is, is, is open, and, and what I've heard is, is uh, uh, it's really uh, uh, less of an attraction and more of a place for good, for, for, qual for quality food. So that's a short of a non-answer to your question. <laughs> Lady, how about you? So I love the little restaurants in the downtown area. Um, if you are start with the container park, a park that we didn't mention before, but if we start at the container park, there are tiny restaurants throughout the container park. So the container park, are, is designed by using those containers on a railroad right. line. Right. And so those small containers have all kinds of restaurants right there in the container park. And then if you walk on Fremont Street, Carson, uh, 6th Street, 7th Street, all of those streets right there around the container park, the, the offerings for food are just so numerous. Uh, we and I'm not going to name any because there are just too many. 
Right. No, I know. I know. Yes. But if you just walk up and down those streets in that area, you will find wonderful food, Indian food, American food, just all kinds. And Diane, how about you? What have you discovered uh, in the past year that you've been on? Well, not even a year. You've been in Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, unfortunately, I haven't had a lot of chance to explore the the foodies around here. And it's just as I got started, of course, you know, the COVID pandemic hit and so everything closed down. But, uh, you know, I'm with Clay T as far as container park area. There's so many great ethnic food areas around there that are really nice. There's also several food trucks that I've seen very long lines to get into that are uh, along the downtown area. But unfortunately, I have not had the opportunity to really explore the food culture here. And I'm really looking forward to it as once everything opens up again. Great. So lastly, I want to just sort of pay it forward a bit. And, you know, if you think about other places you've been, you've studied or spent time, you know, where else would you go as you think about historic preservation and, you know, so fulfilling this need? What, where, where would you go? Diane, what, let's start with you. Where, where else would you go? You mean in relation to Las Vegas or in the world? In the world. <laughs> in the world. This, this is a pay it forward. Yeah. So we've talked uh, about Las Vegas now well, for a while. So what, where else would you go? Um, you know, my, um, besides Las Vegas, my heart does lie sure. in the Middle East. Um, I spent majority of my time in Iraq. Yeah. And although it's not really a tourist mecca right now, they are opening up for tourism, and uh, it has some of the oldest uh, settlements of human civilization in the entire world. And in the southern part of, of Iraq is also in the northern part. Obviously, there are quite a few of these sites that were destroyed uh, by ISIS, um, but some of them are um, being re there's re excavations uh, occurring. So if you go to Iraq, you're going to feel in Las Vegas, as you do in, in anywhere in Iraq, especially in the south, you can go to a place called Ur, um, Ur of the Chaldees. I was just there last year uh, doing some work. Um, that's where I spent the majority of my time when I was there. Babylon, of course. Everybody knows uh, Babylon, the gates of Babylon, Ishtar Gate. Uh, there's also quite a few uh, sites up in north, Nimrud and Nineveh. Um, a lot of these artifacts that are from those sites are not only in the Baghdad Museum, uh, but there are museums throughout the world, of course, the Louvre and the British Museum, uh, Oriental Museum in Chicago. Right. Knowledge, nothing's come this way from, from that part of the world. But, um, you know, they're, they're tourism, they're trying to revamp it again and bring tourists in. Of course, COVID has uh, put a damper on that. Um, but I would encourage the Middle East uh Maybe also Jordan is a fantastic way place to go as, as Egypt. Um, other than that, more closer to home, um, you know, if you're in Las Vegas, you can go to Zion National Park, uh, Death Valley, uh, Bryce Canyon. These are all fantastic places to go as well. Right, right. And Clay T, what about you? Where, okay, where else? because I want Bob to have the last word. Um, <laughs> yes. I've lived in two cities that I would recommend. I've lived in Los Angeles and in Washington, D.C. So it goes without saying. Los Angeles, you would have to go start at Alvaro Street. And then Washington, D.C., almost any place you decide to go. But my next trip within the United States is going to be the Montgomery, Birmingham, Alabama area. 
So I think that that area is just magnificent for American history Mm -hmm. and American history in a way that most of us don't think of American history. It's more inclusive. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the African-American story is told in those cities. And those are the stories that I'm interested in learning more and more about. But I don't call it Black history anymore. I call it American history because we have deleted a major part of our history and we can start recovering that by going to places like Washington, D.C., Montgomery, and Birmingham. For sure, for sure. Okay, Bob, you get the last word. Well, let me just, uh, I'd just like to, to, to pull a little bit off of, of what Plachy just said. Uh, when, when I was stationed in, in Nashville, Tennessee, one of the places that uh, I wanted to visit was Montgomery. And, and I had no sense of what, I, uh, what was there. But when you, when you get to Montgomery and you walk towards the Capitol and you see this big expanse of where the Capitol is and where Martin Luther King's church was, is, you get a real sense of just pause and reflect. Uh, it, it's a great... It's this wide area, and it's a great moment to just think about what what took place uh, 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 on the ground there. Uh, and yeah, I snuck into the church. I mean, it was uh, it was a weekday, and there was a door that was open, as most churches have doors that are open. I went in, and there were people that were meeting there, and I said hello and and, and paid my respects. But let me let me bring it back to Las Vegas and Southern Nevada for 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 a, for a moment. Uh, uh, if you want to visit uh, uh, and understand and learn about a thousand-year-old culture, you don't have to necessarily go to Iraq. Uh, <laughs> you, you can go to uh, uh, to Lost City, our museum that's uh, uh, about 45 minutes uh, north of Las Vegas. In order to get there, one of the great treats, uh, our first state park is called the Valley of Fire. And it's, it's about 45 miles from Las Vegas. You take the I-15, a big, massive freeway, and then you go off on a state road for a 10 or 15 miles, and then all of a sudden, it's the Valley of Fire. And it truly is a, a, a historic place. Quite frankly, it used to be the, uh, the, the main road between uh, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, and Salt Lake City. You went through the Valley of, of Fire. Fortunately, they found a shorter way and therefore protected the, uh, the, the Valley of Fire. But at the end of the Valley of Fire, and there's a visitor center there, but at the end of the Valley of Fire, you make a little left and you find the Lost City Museum in Overton. It is a jewel. The facility was built by the uh, Civilian Conservation Corps back in the, in, in, in the 30s, and it's, the building itself has been preserved. Uh, 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 it's it's a, a tremendous facility, uh, showing the, the 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 Native American population. Uh, uh, we were we were on the western edge of the uh, uh, the, the the pueblo, the the Anasazi society that all the way from New Mexico, all the way to uh, to the southern part of Nevada. I'd recommend that visit the Valley of Fire. Spend your night there. Spend a the day there. Simply drive through and pause and, and, and enjoy yourself. Visit the, uh, uh, the the Lost City Museum, and then if you got a little more time, you can drive down 
Lake Mead, the edge of Lake Mead, into, into Hoover Dam and, and into Boulder City. The Boulder City Motel, I talked to them yesterday. The hotel is open. The restaurant in the hotel is open. And so is the a museum within the hotel. Oh. And, 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 and while it may look like a small museum, they hired a national firm and they took the energy of the massive Hoover Dam and was able to capture that in this facility. Well worth, well worth your visit. Once you're done with that, you can go over to the uh, to the state of Nevada's Railroad Museum, which uh, uh, is an outdoor or museum. You can do that in a day. It, it won't it, you won't do it justice. Give yourself about three days. Valley of Fire, Lost City Museum, Down Lake Mead. Unfortunately, I, I called the dam. The dam's not open. Not only can you not go down into the dam, you can't even park there. They wave, they wave you, they wave you, which, which is a shame. And I, I, I want to find out why we can't even park you. But that's another story. But then at least go over the dam, over the bridge, and then into Boulder City, and then to the, uh, and on your way back to Las Vegas, uh, there's the Clark County uh, Museum, which is, has a neighborhood of, of homes over the last different homes that uh, historic homes, different architecture, they built this neighborhood, moved the homes in, into that facility. It's a wonderful, wonderful museum. And then come back to Fremont Street and, and uh, enjoy yourself. <laughs> you stole my route, Bob. I was going to reflect on the beautiful drive. I spent a day and a half last summer. Um, Valley of Fire and the North Shore Drive, Boulder City, the whole thing. That was... Uh, uh, that was a just delightful, uh, delightful route and trip. So, well, hey, thanks so much, um, Play T, Bob, and Diane for joining us today. It, it's been a pleasure, and uh, we'll look forward to hopefully uh, getting an update in the future on all the interesting things happening in and around Las Vegas. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you very much. We'd all be right, happy to update you. Thank yeah, you so much. Just...